Yo, the time dot is quote today, and this is not oh, yeah. a bit that I'm trying to steal because Friends of the Table kind of does this a lot for their um their like outtake podcasts. But um, there can be neither today without yesterday nor tomorrow without today. Kim Jong Un. I did not. I you know you just blew my mind because I did not know that time dot is had a. I didn't realize that you could scroll on time dot is. I thought that was just yeah. the website. Yeah, um, I mean, it should, like, it should be just, like, that should be it. Yeah. But, yeah, if you go down, there's a quote about time, and this is a Kim Jong-un quote. I, there can be neither today without yesterday. No, I, okay, I, I feel like he's he's using a lot of words to say be, we're in the present. Or I yeah, guess, he's using words to say time, time go. Time <laughs> It yeah time go. You know that time thing. Sometimes it go. Thank you, Kim Jong Un. If I were time, I would go. I would be. If you do time dot is time dot is slash just, then it gives you just the time. That's a oh really? Yeah. What? (laughs) I think I think some I think the 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 devs at time dot is are thinking Mm -hmm. about. Oh wow, that's really that is kind of, okay. You know that's kind of cool. It'd be really funny if there was like a time dot is app that's just a clock. Oh, there is okay. It does say app store. There is. There, I bet there's an and I bet it's just a clock. It's you're just it's just a clock. It's a Wi-Fi. It's a Wi-Fi clock. I like. Oh, these these are it's good okay. reviews. Elegantly simple slash concisely complete. Yeah, time, baby. It's not that hard to be concisely complete about what time it is. Great so far. What? (laughs) I don't know what's more just awful to me, the fact that there's a time.is app when your phone has a clock on it or the fact that there's people that leave, that like take the time to like rate and review the app that is a clock. That's amazing. Oh my God, right? Well... Apps used to be worse than they are, so yeah, all the apps are the same now. <sighs> yeah, I was all, uh, the so- all the social apps are like literally exactly the same. I was uh, my girlfriend called me a boomer earlier because I we have like a a Twitter DM that will just oh I saw this thing and I thought it was mm-hmm. funny so I'd, I'd send it to her, and now with with like the Twitter fleets or whatever yeah, like the the stories, mm-hmm. yes. a terrible name. Oh, I went to send her a a tweet that I thought was funny, and it first prompted me. It was like send as fleet, and I had to like cl- click three <laughs> extra things to find her message, and I'm just like, I I was just so annoyed by it, and it's 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 really stupid and minute and small, but just like, I remember when like all the apps kind of had their own vibe, and now it's just like stories, and everything has a marketplace now, and it's just like everything is. <laughs> commodified and you can you know buy you know bazookas and 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 comic books and shit on all of the apps now Mm -hmm. it's all the same but you know what's not all the same as apps is podcasting it's different it's a different medium yeah and that's the medium that we're doing right now we're six minutes in dude we only have like 41 (laughs) like 39 (laughs) minutes left and we're done back in the day podcasts (laughs) Okay, 
Back in the day, podcasts used to just be three to five white guys telling a news story. <laughs> and then they were three-ish white guys telling jokes. And then it was Joe Rogan for a while. We call that the Dark Ages. <laughs> Nowadays, podcasts can be as different as two white guys talking about music. <laughs> yeah, we've come so far. Oh yeah, we have. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I. I don't hate Joe Rogan outright. I mean, he's obviously said some like shitty stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think he's only as interesting as like his guests are, and I think when he has a good guest, it can be really interesting. But then it's like, oh well, then now you have Ben Shapiro and and Alex Jones, and it's like, well, that sucks. Yeah. But like the Bernie interview that he did, I feel like the Bernie interview. Mm-hmm was like a really good way to uh, get Bernie's message out to people that might not otherwise hear it through like, you know, yeah. the mainstream media outlets. I don't really I don't know. think Joe Rogan is actively bad. I think that he can be careless with his platform. Like the he's just Alex. Yeah, Jones he's not thing. actively bad. He's just actively kind of dumb. But I, but I, and here's, okay. Well, now this is going to, anyway, what I, now that enough time has passed that maybe you don't remember what Nick just said. I kind of think that he's more of just like a, uh, uh, like a dipstick, like a litmus test for just like where your actual average person is at in responding to these ideas. Because I like that. We're on the internet in a, in a way that is like we're relatively young and very on the internet, and there's a lot of people who just aren't. You know, there's people who use iFunny, and that's where they get their <laughs> internet from. And did you know I'm iFunny not... has stories now? I mm, I don't. That's, does it even have users? I I I just pulled that out of my ass. I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the column, the column funts. And <laughs> you just open it up, and it's all just rage comics from like 2007. <laughs> yeah. It's it's rage comics and like barstool quotes. <laughs> But that's but that's the thing is is we we think about things in terms of like being who we are as very like on the internet uh, progressive folks and it's like okay but think about video games and most people who play video games play like FIFA and Call of Duty and maybe Madden and then Fortnite like they those are the games that people play not like small indie projects or like interesting things they heard about or like you know, right. games that have a six hour story and are all pixel art. Uh, Normies. That's just not where people are Normies, at. basically. But exactly. Well, it's but like, the but like there's nothing wrong with that. Is Normies aren't a minority. They're most of the people. Normies are happier than both of us. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I could just turn it all off and be like, yeah, babe, I'm going to go play some Madden and then I'm going to play some FIFA and then I'm going to, I don't know. Yeah, and I'm going to say some whatever I want and yeah. never consider how it makes other people feel because <laughs> because why would I do that?
for welcome those... to the show yeah. um this is uh something old something new something borrowed and something brewed uh and i i am andrew pytel and i'm nick lancaster and that was a litmus test to see if uh you could last long enough to get into the music discussion portion of the show which congratulations you're here you made it yeah you are here, and today we're going to talk about just some bits and bobs. Um, yeah. I think we're going to touch on uh, the Copycat Killer EP by Phoebe Bridgers. Um, maybe I didn't listen to her Christmas song. Uh, I was I in the car with my girlfriend and listened to... to it, so I've heard some of it. Nice. I also want to briefly talk about an album that came out uh yesterday called um percolate or lo-fi hip-hop brews to siesta slash kill gods to whoa um, is that an which, apple music uh i believe is only on Bandcamp. Uh, oh but okay. i i will shoot you um the youtube link for the full stream Ooh, i would like to hear that. i also i uh, have a have a timestamp for something i want to listen to <laughs> okay but you know we don't have to make everyone else listen to it it's pretty out there <laughs> okay uh yeah i just i think I, I shot you a text and i was like you want to just talk about some stuff mm-hmm. just whatever like music or stuff because i know we usually do like a what you missed in 2020 or, mm-hmm. or whatever type episode and i know i think that one has more of a spectacle feel than like yeah. this one uh so yeah, and we can this- still do that but i just like i'm not in the mood for a retrospective yet this year yeah, I kind of want to do. It the feels like we just did up. a retrospective. <laughs> well, yeah, time has been weird. This one, this one, this year. I I wish I had that Kim Jong Un quote ready to go. I would have just said <laughs> yeah. that back. To you. you can't. <laughs> well, have funny thing about time today or tomorrow without the day b- before. Wait, hold on. I got. I got something. I got something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I got to work up to it. Mm-hmm. There can be neither Need today it. without yesterday. Nor tomorrow without today. That's my John F. Kennedy impression of that quote. Of doing Kim Jong-un. Yeah, it's it kind of sounds like something JFK might say. I'd believe it. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe we do our 2020 retrospective in like July of 2021. Yeah, when it's... Maybe that's when, it, when it'll be time. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be just shooting up vaccines, hanging out at a bar, doing a live mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, let's just... Let's both record in public... <laughs> just I'm go out into clap. a crowd I'm, I'm podcasting here. <laughs> does anybody have the time.is app yeah are you streaming my my <laughs> wi-fi is slow <laughs> yeah i'm in a uh, starbucks I, <laughs> I have some words to say about copycat killer that might be a good place to start yeah let's start there so, for those of you who don't know, Copycat Killer uh, is an EP put out by Phoebe Bridgers, and uh, boy, I don't have any notes in front of me. Is his name Rob Moose? I'm pretty it sure it's indeed. Rob Moose. That's the name I'm seeing. Rob Moose, indeed. Wow, I just uh, had a weird glitch. So, whatever you said, I don't know what it was, but I trust you. It, uh, Rob Moose, indeed. Yeah, so I think we actually briefly talked about Rob Moose back when we talked about uh, Punisher. Yeah. Because did he did the string arrangements, and he also did the string arrangements for, like, everybody ever. Okay. We, oh, yeah. 
we had a lot of tie-ins for him. So, um, Heem, Heem, Heem. Um, Heem? I want to talk about Heem. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Heem. Heem put out an album this year that yeah. apparently was pretty good. I, it kind of fell by the wayside for me. We'll get there. Um, Rob Moose. Rob Moose, whose Wikipedia picture is him playing with Ben Folds. Oh, my God. Of course. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think his big, uh, his big like jump into being a known entity, um, was that he worked with um, Sufjan Stevens. Oh, uh, okay. Early as uh, like two thousand four, two thousand five. So he he played violin on Illinois, um, and then he's played with the National. Um, he played viola for Jay-Z and, um, Josh Groban and Vampire Weekend. Um, he's played with, uh, Chris Teal and, like, or Teely and Loudon Wainwright Third and John Legend, the Alabama Shakes, Interpol, the Decemberists, Jim James, St. Vincent, they might be giants. So, like, everybody. Oh, the the Y music or the E music, however you want to say that. That's yeah. that's the album that Ben Folds did. So there with, yes, exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. So this dude, this dude is, pretty... and then he was in or currently is in, um, Boney Vare. Oh, okay. So he's done just like all these crazy things. Um, so he's like everyone's. He's every alt pop person's favorite string arranger i guess he's the guy he is the guy he is absolutely the guy so uh this ep got announced that it was happening and pretty close to that pretty proximal to that uh they put out the first uh song from it it's only four songs long uh, and it's kyoto which was the lead single off of punisher um by phoebe bridgers and also, I believe the most successful song off of that album, which is kind of what you hope for your lead single to be. Um, but I have to say, the Copycat Killer string and vocal version, which I don't know if I got to saying that, uh, the four songs are only strings and vocals, um, is easily hands down my least favorite song on this EP. I I can I think I can I can agree with that. Not. Not that it, I don't know. I don't want to say like my least favorite, but I think Kyoto, mm-hmm. the song functions much better as the recorded version. Mm-hmm. It's like I, it's so upbeat and peppy, and like I can't separate it from the music video. Mm-hmm. So it's like hearing like a more you know uh, movie uh, epic war movie trailer slowed down somber version of a song yeah, about like exactly. daddy issues. That's like peppy and fun. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really translate for me. Yeah, and I had thought, so when that came out a couple weeks before the EP did, I listened to it, and I had the thing where it was like something I've expected to very much like, and I thought it was okay, and I was like, huh, and I listened to it a couple more times to check it out, and never really got sold on that song in particular. I don't think it's bad. I think it's fine, but I think it is, uh, as soon as the EP came out, I listened to it, and tried to listen to it in order. Um, the second song, um, Save Your Savior Complex, Complex, is I think that the uh, EP version is better than the original, personally. Okay. It works better for me in this form. And I've gone back to listen to um, to compare the versions a couple times. 
and mm-hmm. I'm absolutely blown away uh, by this version of Savior Complex. And I think that listening to a bit of it here um, might get us a little grounded in what the sound of this, uh, what this EP is. Yeah, I literally have it pull, pulling up right now. Excellent. Overly sincere, smoking in the car, windows up. This sounds like a Ben Fold song. Yeah. Kind of does. Um, the way that like the vo- it's kind of bopping. Yeah. Or like pulsating. Yeah. No, this is really good. I like this a lot. You know, I had never really made the Ben Folds connection. But the, you can't not feel. hear it now, right? <laughs> yeah, especially like. Middle and later Ben Folds. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like Ben Folds turn more towards like classical music. Yeah. Yeah, the way those strings move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the the original recording of the song, the version from Punisher, isn't bad or anything, but I think that it um it's so pretty when it's arranged mm-hmm. this way that really lands into something I think we've established as one of our sweet spots, which is like Songs that maybe sound a little upbeat and hopeful, but are yeah. very, very sad. Well, that's the overall vibe of the uh, standard album Punisher is that it's a lot more like everything sounds subdued and underwater and just like, you know, all the highs rolled off and it's just like super low and just down tempo. So hearing like kind of bouncing strings that like, mm-hmm. like, like you said, are happy-ish sounding with, you know, lyrics that don't necessarily have to reflect that yeah yeah and i think that it's it i wasn't sure about the four songs that were on this ep especially after um not loving the version of kyoto and none of the other three songs were ones that had stood out to me on punisher same i didn't walk away from punisher thinking about savior complex or chinese satellite or punisher um, and, but I think that listening to these versions, I also like the other versions of the songs more. And part of it is they are they are uh, more slower, um, like prettier, more colorful songs on an album that has some very intense moments. So they kind of get drowned out. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's it's just her voice and strings, so it's like it's kind of raw and out there, and there's no, like that. Yeah, it's not drowned out in the mix. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> exactly, and I mean, and just in album composition too. After Kyoto, uh, a lot of things feel like a lull. Uh, I don't remember exactly how the song orders on that, but then, and it also ends on the just literal screaming of "I know the end," <laughs> which also starts yeah. like driving. 30 seconds into it and just continues to like drive through the rest of the song. So a lot of these other 
more like exploratory chill songs um don't stick or or at least with me didn't stick uh, all the way through yeah i would say yeah my favorite songs on punisher didn't make the copycat killer one like mm-hmm. obviously garden song kyoto graceland 2 it might be my favorite song on the entire record and i i think that's just my personal preference yeah. uh i think i like the more i guess country-ish sounding version of phoebe because mm-hmm. I started with Stranger in the Alps, which like mm-hmm. the first, I will argue that the first four songs, first four or five, first four or five songs on Strangers, Stranger in the Alps are like some of the best material she's ever put out. Like mm-hmm. basically um, the, oh God, what's the first song? I can't even think of the name of it. Smoke Signals to Scott Street. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfection. I think Scott Street's my favorite Phoebe Bridgers song like that she's ever made. But uh, Scott Street's really good. And it also yeah. happens to be one that has a uh, song exploder episode. Yeah, so. I still haven't listened to that, <laughs> even though people have told me to listen to that. Oh, it's very good. Oh, man. Yeah, so after... After... That song we were just talking about, the song yeah, that is complex. entitled Save Your Complex... Uh, it's it's Chinese Satellite, which is pretty solid, uh, pretty solid version of it. I think that, to me, it's not particularly better or worse, um, or honestly, even as different from the Punisher album version. And if I recall correctly, it's also starts with a bunch of plucked strings, which kind of just does feel like it's an acoustic guitar. Yeah. <laughs> So it makes sense. It's actually very similar to the original, but the final song on the EP, Punisher, the final song on the EP is Punisher, um, which is going to get confusing because that's the name of the album. (laughs) I think that I got a chance to really listen to the lyrics and... Um, intentional vocal inflection representing those lyrics, which let I under I feel like I didn't understand what the song was about until I listened to it in this uh, in this arrangement. Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean it's especially if you read the lyrics, it's it's pretty easy to tell that it's about the fact that she's obsessed with Elliot Smith, but it's it's kind of hard for me to read what exactly any of that meant until hearing it in this sort of stripped down, um, more, uh, relaxed. But at the same time, well, there think... are things kind of higher stakes because there's no, there's no covering up any sound. Right. Well, I think, uh, Chloe told me that I, th- I don't know if it was an interview that Phoebe did or if Chloe just figured it out herself, but I think the idea of a punisher in like the biz is like a fan that comes and finds you at the, like the merch table and like is just aggressively weird and like mm-hmm. doesn't know how to be around someone that they really, really like. Mm-hmm. Like I think Phoebe did an interview where she talked about how she was like a punisher for Con Roberst. Mm-hmm. Like obviously like they're friends and they make music together now, mm-hmm. but it was like that sort of dynamic between super duper fan of someone and like basically putting oh, yeah. the artist in a position after a show where like they kind of have to be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Cool. Let me sign your CD. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Like that kind of dynamic. Yeah. So the, the, the lyric that includes Punisher comes up 
um, she's singing about how there's all these stories about uh, him, them, like I I so she so Phoebe Bridgers did a really interesting um, Twitter thread a couple weeks ago now, probably about a month ago now. Um, that was uh, tweet me any lyric and I'll tell you exactly what it means. Oh, I and did. I did see that. So copycat killer, which shows up copycat killer shows up in the song Punisher. Uh, and it is a reference to, she feels like she's so heavily Elliot Smith influenced that she's a copycat to an extent. And, oh. Uh, Copy a Killer with a Chemical Cut is a reference to her, like, bleach blonde hair. Uh, oh. And the song is about walking around L.A. or, like, existing in L.A. and um, being mildly obsessed with this, like, person you've never met who is dead, who inspired your music really, really hardcore. And the line is that he was always nice or always had a smile for the trust funds and punishers. So, like being able to get along with the investment people and also the like uber fans and she's like not me um i forget the exact lyrics right but to paraphrase she's like i swear i'm not angry that's just my face (laughs) in that people don't get the same vibe from her and she's like that's just how i look right that's interesting yeah that Yeah, I think we should grab a clip from that also, maybe towards the middle. Um, I wouldn't mind listening to the whole thing, but... <laughs> yeah. From the window, it's not a bad show If your favorite things are diuretics and stucco The drug stores are open all night The only real reason I move to the So, You're the Way to My Heart is about how much she likes Elliot Smith. Right. Well, she's sort of, I feel like she's like using the same narrative thing that she did Uh with uh, Smoke Signals. Yeah. Because in Smoke Signals, she's talking about Lemmy and David Bowie. And Mm -hmm. she talks about Tom York and like, God, probably Elliot Smith, honestly. Yeah, dude. And it's funny because this song, I would have assumed, had some, like, figurative lyrics in it. But listening to it stripped down like this, and with a little bit of the context of her, like, 
explaining a couple of the lyrics it's like oh no this is literal <laughs> like it's all literal it's all about like being in la and hearing stories about him playing at bars like it's just it's just yeah. like very factual in a way that i find to be kind of endearing for uh like a singer songwriter right oh man i was going to check to see if rob moose played on uh songs for silverman did he he did not ah uh, i got i was just thinking songs for silverman with um savior complex oh yeah because the song like the harsh late. end of the album too oh yeah because the song late on that is about elliot smith oh yeah it is isn't it he's like elliot man you played a fine guitar and some dirty basketball uh-huh I uh, remember listening to Songs for Silverman on my iPod Shuffle Mini or <laughs> Shuffle 2. Um, the one that was just a little clip-on thing. Yeah. Uh, walking around my college campus, or your you know, our college campus, uh, back, <laughs> back, uh, way back when in my first year of college. Just being yeah. all sad listening to songs for Silverman. I I my I'm bringing up the Zune again, but that was like <laughs> about half of my Zune was full of Ben Folds music, and I think I listened to like rock. I listened to Rock in the Suburbs and songs for Silverman like pretty much on near repeat. That is oh, one yeah. of the Ben Folds albums that I definitely think is like you can listen to front to back. Which one? Uh, Songs for Silverman. Songs for Silverman. Oh yeah, it's it. I I think so many of those songs are good, and just like the flow is nice, the pacing of the album is good. The really slower, really sad ones aren't uh, aren't aren't backed up against each other. They're broken up with some <laughs> faster paced, slightly zanier sad ones. Yeah, slightly zanier sad ones. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, the back half of that album though is like that's where the sad stuff kicks in basically starting with starting with late and then it goes into like what sentimental guy which is mm -hmm. kind of a bummer but that's sentimental guy is a perfect example of the upbeat benfold song that's just like i don't f feel anything and i don't remember anything and i don't care anymore because i'm yeah like the pedal steel at the end of that album too on like give judy my notice and prison food and all of that oh it's so good yeah and, and time good one. time yeah <laughs> hello welcome to our ben folds podcast on a long um, enough timeline we'll get there yeah uh well i mean this wasn't that far, this wasn't that far. <laughs> the yeah. connections are put in front of us on the whole uh i i really enjoyed copycat killer if you are um i mean kyoto was huge this year so a lot of people probably got Kyoto delivered to them by the Spotify algorithm and that's like they love that and think the rest of the Phoebe Bridger stuff is too sad or slow um this this ain't for you then probably <laughs> but I know that like... Phoebe Bridgers blew up this year because every time I'm on TikTok I think two or three at least two or three are just like I am a I'm a bisexual 19 year old with depression and i like mm -hmm. phoebe bridgers like that's an entire genre of tiktoks yeah. now which like 
I have to wonder if I was 10 years younger, would I be that? <laughs> like, I gotta wonder the world I grew up in. Um, let's take a quick break and let's come back and we got a couple other things to talk about and maybe do some quick uh, Grammy nomination reactions. Oh, yeah. I'd be into that. I've got one that I'm very angry about. Ooh. So there's nice. the teeth. And we're back. We are. We have returned. Thanks for listening to those paid sponsorships. <laughs> I can't wait to get my um, Ridge wallet in the mail. That's a yeah, Ridge but... wallet. I'm unfamiliar. Oh, that's uh, it's. I think it's some sort of like weird tactical wallet deal. Oh yeah. I've only heard it talked about another podcast. Yeah. Oh, I see. This was a reference to podcast ads. Yeah, there's another podcast mm-hmm. that I've listened to that sponsors Ridge Wallet or whatever. Yeah, they do look tactical. Man. So, yeah, there's I a sure free ad for Ridge for some Grubhub right now. <laughs> uh, Grubhub it's... now delivers my pillow. Wait, that's wrong. <laughs> they, they bring you pillows to your door. Um, uh, so I guess other stuff, other stuff that happened in 2020 that we didn't really get to talk about on the podcast. Also, because the 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 schedule for the pod has just been all sorts of gunked up, but that's fine. Who yeah. cares? We'll do it. We do it when we want to. We kind of do it on our own schedule. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, there's a few albums that came out that I really dug that I wanted to talk about. Uh, we don't have to. We can just kind of do you know rapid fire speed round yeah absolutely. Uh, but the, the first thing i want to talk about is this hame record this hame record oh, was like yeah i played the absolute hell out of this record over the summer like it mm-hmm. i don't know it, it's it's so good it was so perfect mm-hmm. for like this kind of weird ass summer that we're living in but i think the I song that to i want a little bit but i i never really dove into it i feel like i've missed out so the song, I think my favorite song on the entire record is, it, it's my favorite because I think I saw it first as a video before I heard the actual song, mm-hmm. but uh, the the three sisters and one of their producers slash piano players did like an Instagram live and they played a bunch of songs from this record, but um, this, the song is called Gasoline mm-hmm. and it is very horny, um, but it's, it's, I think the middle sister, Danielle Haim. Who I think she's like the main lead singer I got, too. I gotta do it. I gotta tell you, it is Heim. Heim, yeah, I knew that. Gotta I, do the fact check. But yeah, Danielle Heim, she is the I think the lead singer. She's the the brunette, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm familiar. yeah, whatever. But I watching her play this song, she's like she's drumming and singing like simultaneously, and in this video, the just she has the stank face. And I think I think that adds a lot to it for me. Nice. Because it's like when she's really feeling it. I just I just remembered what my relationship to this this Heim album is. Hillary pre-ordered the vinyl so long ago. Yeah. And we haven't gotten it yet. Because Oh really? Yeah. Smoked 
Yeah. So it's very funky. It's it almost like the guitar tone reminds me of like a Prince B side. Like it's got that vibe to it. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be that. Yeah, funky. It's, it's me either, and I think that's why I liked it so much. I was like, oh, this is, and like the first few songs on the album are very much, like, mm-hmm. in that vein. Yeah, and I know that they've always been like kind of funk adjacent, but their last album I thought was like a little more straight pop. Um, the something yeah, to tell you. Uh, probably. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> probably the one. We talked about it on uh, Things You Might Have Missed in, golly, I don't know, 2016? 2018, 2017, yeah, something like I that. Think, I think it was the first one. I think it was the first retrospective um, so, so many years ago. I don't know. I, th- I feel like their songwriting has gotten so tight with this record. And it almost sounds like their their vocals have that... Um, the early like when strokes you... compression. That's, yes. Really? I was going to say like an overdriven amplifier, like that sort of compression. Mm-hmm. It's like when you sing out of the extra guitar amp in high school because you don't have a PA. Yeah, I like it. It's it's very good. I really like it. And again, it's also very horny. <laughs> if you nice. yeah, if you overlook this record, go back, listen to it. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Uh, the I I listened to a little bit of the, like the new Tame Impala record. I'm not like a huge Tame Impala fan. Not mm-hmm. not to say that I like I don't like their music. I just haven't really like. I know the one song. What's the one song? The less I know, the better. Yeah. I know that one. That mm-hmm. one was played in the kitchen at work so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, the Tame I Impala record say, is fine. I want to say Tame Impala was supposed to play this like big outdoor venue near where I live now this year oh really of course i mean of course it didn't happen but that would have been cool i bet probably i didn't even know they were supporting a new release at the time when oh yeah we were all buying tickets for it i think for the sake of time i'm gonna skip over the tame impala song um yeah but i do want to talk about you heard it here folks (laughs) who needs it it's good but also but who needs it who but who needs it it's it's Uh fine uh, I do want to play this song from the weekend though, Hell because yeah. uh, the weekend put out a new record, and uh, I feel like according to other a bunch of other people who like have followed the career trajectory of the weekend, mm-hmm. this is like his return to form, I guess. Yeah, he was really good. All right, what, what was that song? Can't feel my face won so many awards, including the oh, Kids Choice yeah. Award for its song about cocaine. <laughs> yeah the kids bop cover of uh i can't feel my face pretty sure that that's probably real isn't it i don't know uh i believe that it is yes so this album is very like techno like synthesizer electronically uh, produced but it was produced by the guy who did the score for uncut gems Mm -hmm. which uh the weekend is also in because uncut gems like takes place in the year 2012 which gotcha because it's centered around a basketball game with the Celtics mm-hmm. and like Kevin Garnett is in the movie, but there's a scene where Adam Sandler's character goes to the club and like th- they do this thing where they, they do it well, but it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, there's this guy who's playing it at the, a show tonight. Uh, he's called the weekend. And it's like, obviously <laughs> like, yeah, it's 2019 oh when this movie comes out. We know who the weekend is. But it's like, Oh you've maybe heard of, you've heard of the shins. That's exactly what I was about yeah. to say. <laughs> but, uh, 
but this song is produced by the the guy who did the soundtrack to uncut gems and like the influence is definitely there if you have seen that film but yeah, i think the song is really that. catchy I've yeah, got an I got album to touch on super quick after that, and then we'll uh, re- we'll, we'll talk about the Grammys super quick. Have some Grammy reactions. We'll send you on your way. On your way. Yeah. All right, here it comes. I remember being recommended this album a bunch right when it came out. It's pretty catchy. It's it's pretty good throughout. I think for me, the only thing I get tired of is like the sort of like slightly auto-tuned vocals. I think that gets grating for yeah. me after a certain amount of time. And but the this thing song, is, I recall his vocals on a lot of his. Uh, I don't think it was for some, but his breakthrough album. Um, I recall vocals being pretty clean. Yeah. So like I get it's a stylistic choice, but for me it is hard to like it feels like a crutch, even when it's a stylistic choice, you know? Yeah. Grammy for best album notes. I'll save this. I'll save this. Oh my god, what? Yeah, I'm just learning this. I would say we should make predictions, but there's um 84 categories. <laughs> What's your Grammy fantasy football? I've got uh Phoebe bless her heart losing all four. <laughs> That's okay. They weren't they weren't ready for that yet. Um. Yeah, yeah let's I move wanna, on to Grammy predictions. I want to. I want to really or, quickly shout out an album that dropped yesterday when we were recording this. Um, this is a, a an indie album called Percolate or Lo-Fi Hip Hop Brews to Siesta slash Kill Gods Two. Um, you can find it on uh, Bandcamp at thegarages.bandcamp.com. So, in brief, I don't have a good way to concisely explain what this is all about um but there was a video game released this year which imagine a horror survival simulation game but it looks like fantasy baseball and i don't mean like it looks like people playing baseball i mean it looks like fantasy baseball like box scores and people on bases uh and that is baseball. Uh, which <laughs> is is my game of the year, which I know is why you're here, is here my game of the year pick. Uh, actually, I don't know, Hades, Blazeball, one of those two. But uh, the it, it's such an interesting event that this game is of like, almost all of the narrative is created outside of the actual interface of the game on Twitter and in Discord and interactions with, like, there's NPCs from the game that only exist 
as Twitter accounts. So like it's it's this really like so they're like it's one of the weirdest things I've ever stumbled upon. When you the way you describe it and from what I've looked at, it really reminds me of like something that Reddit would do on like April Fool's Day. Like what was that? Yeah. Like the button uh-huh. or like one of those sort of like social experiments. That's what it makes me that's what it reminds me of. It's kinda like that and it's it but it has this energy of like early internet message boards like where everyone had to like put disbelief and um like being jaded and like put all of the like too cool for school stuff aside and just to decide to participate mm-hmm. uh, and so it has a really fun energy to it but uh this band so one of the names of the teams when Blazeball launched is the seattle garages um which is the team that i support uh, but the <laughs> concept being, I imagine, garages for garage rock. Um, and so a band formed of Blazeball fans that are the garages. Uh, and they have put out this year um, 1, 2, 6, 10, 14. Looks like 20. They, they have 20 album releases this year. Uh, if I'm counting correctly. <laughs> yeah, so that's so that's pretty interesting. Uh, and their most recent album release uh, was yesterday. And this is, they're all like compilations. So it's a band, but then in reality, I think there's a lot of independently produced songs that get thrown together under this name. Um, the albums are for sale on thegarages.bandcamp.com, but I'm pretty sure... All of it goes to charity. Um, I don't know if that's absolutely true. But uh, I want to just grab a clip from this album. This is a song. So there's, I guess I didn't mention this. There's 50 songs on this album. (laughs) (laughs) So this is like 20th album of the year and there's 50 songs on this album. So it's crazy. It's punk in a lot of ways. Um, and this is song number nine called All Nuts One. Um, oh, okay. Someone in the comments did a timestamp. It's 25 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So I've got that. I don't know if timestamp works here. I love this stuff. I cannot get enough of the lo-fi stuff. I actually got a DAW and then got back into like making music to try and produce some lo-fi stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. What, uh, what are you using? FL Studio. Oh, okay. You have a MIDI keyboard? I bought, yeah, I bought that 88 key, uh, key oh, station. Oh, that's right. You did. You sent yeah. me a picture of that. Yeah. It was a good You got deal. it working? Oh, yeah. It looks nice. Is it weighted keys? It's semi-weighted. Oh, that's that's nice. Semi is I can't do unweighted keys and pretend it's a piano at all. Like, oh. I could do like a, a small MIDI keyboard with unweighted keys and understand it's just inputting notes, but I can't do That's kinda what I've got. Peanuts talk, but their voices are so high pitched that nobody can hear them. If you look at a peanut under a microscope, Shells are made of a special, tasty alloy. 
legumes. My way of playing piano is just doodling around and dicking around and not really like playing compositions. So mm -hmm. having like a non-weighted keys keyboard, it's like, okay, this is like a tool for me and not like yeah. a piano. I don't know. Well, that's the thing is I could have a small unweighted key one and think of it that way and that'd be one thing. But this one I can kind of pretend it's a piano. Right. Like you could buy a uh, a sustain pedal and stuff for it and mm -hmm. like... And just play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love these little bits of dialogue just talking about stuff about peanuts. Yeah. This is so this is uh on nuts one. I think there's five of them over the course of this album. <laughs> which every single peanut Legumes. fact is different. Oh yeah, there's on nuts five. Yeah, there's five of them. Last track is called Unlimited Breadsticks. Yeah. It's a good the stream is on YouTube is another way to engage with this. And so you can just, now it's VOD, you can just play it. And like, I worked to the two and a half hours of this yesterday and it rocks. Yeah. The YouTube video has that lo-fi chill beats where it's just like basically a, a static image that has like very minimal movement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of like the girl studying or like sitting on the train looking at a book or something. Yeah. And it's animated. I think the, uh, that is underscore W-A-A-L-K-R on Twitter, Walker. Um, it's a really cute little animation. Um, real quick for any context, but I'm not going to give you too much. In Blaseball, it t over the first 11 seasons, that was the discipline era, and it turned out that there were, we learned about halfway through that there were two gods, and one is a squid and one's a peanut, and <laughs> the discipline era ends with killing the peanut god. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, truly wild. And it looks like fantasy baseball. It is it is crazy. That's. <laughs> so yeah, Grammy predictions, huh? Oh, you know what's gonna happen or as reactions. I'm looking at this. Uh huh. You know what's gonna happen? Uh, Taylor Swift All the is gonna. TikTok songs is, are gonna win. Taylor Swift is going to. I feel like. Like sweep everything. I feel like. Well, let's look at, let's look at some of the big ones. Yeah. Because she's not nominated for Record of the Year. That's true. So I have no idea what's going to... Wait, am I looking at the right one? 2020. So the first yeah. one is... Billie see, Eilish record put out of the album year. this year? See, no, this is the thing. This is the thing. Record of the Year is different than Album of the Year. Record of the Year literally means, like, recording. Oh. Oh, so some of these are yeah. singles. Yes. See, because right after it's album of the year. Oh, and, and folklore. And Billie Eilish isn't on there. Yeah, okay. We we probably got Taylor Swift winning album of the year. Although, Did you I listen to say, any of that? No. It's it's fine. Like, I don't know. It just I guess pardon me, just because like Taylor Swift is such a huge pop icon mm -hmm. at this point with like such a storied career that like oh i'm gonna put up my sad little piano mm -hmm. ballady like sparse recording where i'm gonna go put on a cardigan and go get lost in the woods mm -hmm. it just feels very like on the nose like oh you're very intentionally trying to like evoke this rustic simplistic nostalgic yeah. life and it's just like uh you're a rich girl 
and mm-hmm. your whole family is like connected to the music industry, which is yeah. not to take away from her talents, but it's just like oh, she's very talented. But yeah, it is like the trying to do cottagecore. It it doesn't yeah. feel right when it's like leaving Los Angeles to do it, leaving your mansion in L.A. to do it is not you know the dreams that people have for a quiet life in 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 the woods generally isn't like oh no all of this money is making me sad yeah you're larping as someone who's living a rustic and simplistic Mm -hmm. life and it's like it's only because you have the means to do that Mm -hmm. we got that heim album uh up for album of the year as well i wouldn't write off uh future nostalgia the dua lipa album it's not my it's not my like favorite type of music it's it's definitely pop in like a very a way where I'm not super entertained by it, but it yeah. is like to me very, very tightly produced, like really nice and kind of refreshing pop music. And a lot of I know that a lot of people listened to a lot of that album this year, so I would not be surprised if that one uh, took album of the year. Um, looking at best new what artist, else is interesting. Yeah, so like, bet, Phoebe Bridgers in there is very exciting for people like us, but um, it's probably I, gonna I be Megan the Stallion. I don't see a world where Megan the Stallion doesn't win because she technically falls into this category, but has been like famous, famous for for long enough that like I just don't know how because this one is is subjective, right? Um, it's about like. Uh, achieved a breakthrough into the public consciousness and notably impacted the musical landscape. Like, I just don't know how it's not Megan the Stallion unless it's like Doja Cat by surprise. Right. I, <laughs> because here's what I have to imagine. TikTok songs, man. TikTok songs are going to win. Yeah. Well, it's like WAP was such a huge song, which mm-hmm. I saw. I just, I'm going to sidebar for just a second. I saw this thing on Twitter that made me laugh so hard. It was like a pitchfork review of WAP WAP or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's got the pitchfork treatment. Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion wrapped such a rich tapestry of filth on WAP that it earned a face-breaking 93 million streams. <laughs> this wasn't a mere lyrical double team, but two women in their career prime overpowering pop with a raw anthem attuned to the very specific frequency of certain pandemic urges. And then next to it, is a is a tweet that's like it's a tweet that says pitchfork king pussy eater revolutionizes our perception of bodies and spaces with his hit single goop on you grinch 7.6 and it's just like it it totally nails that tone of like this is a song this is a song about a wet ass pussy yeah. and they're like intellectualizing it like what this really is saying me, about like, the public consciousness well, and the thing about the thing about WAP that I think is important is I don't think it should have to be high art. I think it should be okay for like, I mean, how many famous and incredibly popular songs are there that are like male hip hop songs about <laughs> you know having sex and getting bitches? Like, yeah, there should be not like it doesn't need to be more than it is. Yeah, sorry, the listeners at home probably can't hear this unless oh, no, I put that's this fine. in there. No, no, you but Andrew was playing the it. Ben Shapiro. The Ben Shapiro sings WAP. So I'm all I'm hearing is wet ass p word. I said certified freak. <laughs> this is very good though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to the yeah. thing that I, okay. Let me like 
yeah. run y'all through my yeah, thought process on the Grammys this year. Um, Phoebe Bridgers gets four smile. Grammy nominations. Wouldn't have expected that. I know that Punisher performed really well. Um, wouldn't have expected. And, like I always figured the Grammys are rigged. Definitely. There's never been a question about it. Um, something interesting is the weekend's album was really well received and did really well. And he won other awards for it. Um, and was pretty outspoken that the Grammys are rigged and then he didn't get any Grammy nominations. Oh, I, I think I saw a tweet about that from him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like wild. Yeah. It's like he got none, which, and, and I heard the album's really good. And like, I've read that it's good. Like people like it and people bought it and it's, this is, (laughs) he, this, this is what they did to Adam Sandler in uncut gems. It's, it's, it's the Sandman curse. (laughs) <laughs> because they have the producer from Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems mm-hmm. got jack shit at at the uh, Academy Awards. Sorry, you got you got touched by the Sandman. You got you know you got that production from the mm-hmm. dude from Uncut Gems, and it's like we can't have that. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking here, like, okay, maybe especially this year, they're like with Gen Z the way that they are. I'm seeing TikTok songs and some actually really interesting things. Seeing the Heim album up for album of the year, I think is really cool. I've always really liked them, but not really thought of them in the realm of of that, not in terms of talent, but like you can't be the best indie artist and win album of the year generally, right? You have to be like famous. Yeah. Well, that poppy. The Heim album sounds way too analog. Mhm. So, I'm like, okay, maybe some things are changing. And then I get down to category five, so not even far. There are 84 categories. I get to category five, best pop solo performance. Now, this isn't, I want to preface this before I say the song. This isn't best pop song. So best pop song, I would understand if it was a song that ha- that was just fully empty on lyrics, but it was produced beautifully. It was super catchy. It was like an earworm. I would fully understand. Um, Justin Bieber, Yummy, is nominated for Best Pop Solo Performance, which, like, it's not a challenging vocal... It's about the vocal performance. It's not a challenging vocal performance. It's not performed particularly well. And it's the lyrics are, like, notably, like, lacking in depth. And... I don't think that you have to do all of that to make good music, and I don't think you have to do that to make a good pop song, because that's not what people listen to pop songs for. But performance, no, like sucks ass. We could, we can let's, um, let's let's like, go out on that, but like on the song. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, uh, absolutely. Because what, the other thing I want to say is also in this category, "Watermelon Sugar" by Harry Styles, I think is a pretty like vapid song, but like. It's catchy as hell, and the guy fucking sings like a like he's so good. You listen well, to Harry it, Styles he's a, has had sort of like a renaissance or like a mm-hmm. not in renaissance, but like he is very much into the public zeitgeist as like Harry Styles is like very progressive and he's like wearing mm-hmm. a dress and he's challenging all of these ideas about masculinity and he's upsetting he's upsetting a lot of right wingers yeah. and like shit like that. But and uh, so watermelon sugar isn't like it's not high art but what it is it's a great pop song i think and it his vocal performance is like fucking cool it's good everyone's heard it at this point that guy can sing so i just don't understand how these are like in the same 
Like you're telling me that that Justin Bieber singing Yummy is in the six best vocal pop performances of the year. I just So here's you can't you can't Here's my conspiracy that. theory. Here's my conspiracy theory. I don't know if this is going to go... I feel like it can go either one of two ways. Lady Gaga put out an album this year that's in here <laughs> for best pop vocal album. And that none of her songs are in this category for best performance. Are you? There's no way you're going to sell me. There's no way you're going to sell me that Lady Gaga didn't do a better pop vocal performance than Justin Bieber on Yum, like on Yummy of all of the songs he put out this year. Are you aware of the conspiracy about yummy (laughs) no i'm not because you want to talk about QAnon and tiktok what oh yes no yes no people on tiktok and QAnon conspiracy theorists online have linked yummy to pizzagate the far-right conspiracy theory which alleges a worldwide human trafficking and child sex abuse no oh yeah Oh yeah, people people think that that's what Yummy's about, or it's like he's trying he to like. Is, so he is eating pizza, or he's exposing pizza being eaten. In June 2020, conspiracy theorists believe that Bieber gave a coded signal, admitting as such in an Instagram live video where he touched his beanie after being asked to do so in the chat if he was a victim of Pizzagate. However, there is no indication victim that Bieber saw this comment. So they think so here's so here's what's <laughs> Yo, gonna happen. I wore a beanie the past three days. I must have touched it ten thousand times. So here's what I think. I think either one, the song gets no recognition and doesn't win because the Academy doesn't want to distance they want to distance themselves from the whole QAnon conspiracy. They don't want to be like involved with it. Or it wins and they just rub it in conspiracy theorists' face faces. They're like, look. This song won. You figured out what the song is about, but we're not going to, you know, we're going to hide in plain sight and we're just going to rub it in your faces that, yeah, we know we're the Academy. We're like the well-connected Hollywood elite. I got to tell you, I got to say the Academy is such a good name for like an Illuminati stand in. (laughs) The Academy is. is so good. It's like the Academy. And you're like, where, where is it? And they're like, no, 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 it's not. It's a, it's a, the Academy is a people. It's not a place. <laughs> it's an eldritch horror. Yeah, the Academy <laughs> is a hive mind. Oh, yeah, we are the Academy. Yeah, Jesus Christ. That is upsetting. <laughs> I mean, other things of note, I love seeing in rock performance that it's um it's all women. Like Oh, really? Yeah. What number is that? Uh 12. Uh and like I'm down with this because these are all performances that I ha- that I like listened to and either like i reviewed the britney howard album on the podcast before oh, yeah. i moved to washington wasn't blown away by it uh, as a as an album um wasn't super blown away by the songwriting but by god is she an incredible performer like oh truly, yeah undeniable truly amazing really funny to me in a positive way seeing kyoto nominated for best rock performance and best rock song because it's like I would have never called that. I would have never put money on it, even though it's like my like sixth it's highest great played song, song of but this year. It is not really in my mind a rock song no. in like a traditional sense. But Phoebe and and Haim in there, that's that's good for me. Mm-hmm. So like, it, I mean, the Steps is a great song. It's pretty interesting. It's also Ooh, interesting you know what we should that, do like, this uh, Michael. Um, oh boy, I don't actually know how to 
pronounce his last name. I don't know if it's Kiwanuka or... Oh, Kiwanuka. Kiwanuka. Michael Kiwanuka album. So best best album, only 51% of it at least needs to be new this year. So like, I think he'd been releasing songs that were on this album for a couple years now. Oh, interesting. Oh, Sound and Fury by Sturgill Simpson's on there mm-hmm. too. Uh, Michael Kiwanuka is actually very, very album. talented. Oh yeah, he's amazing. Uh, that uh, Jamie, the Britney Howard album, which is, I get it. Uh, Tame Impala, Slow Rush, Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, Hyperspace by Beck, and Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. Like, all right. I'm surprised that didn't get more nods. What's really interesting to me is that they have um, all these different categories, like pop, and then a bunch of different things in pop, rock, and then a bunch of different things in rock. Alternative only exists as an album. So they don't separate rock from alternative (laughs) in terms of song but they do in terms of album. Interesting. So it is, it is interesting. Um, Beyonce, it's probably going to win some stuff. I mean, she's Beyonce. I haven't, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Beyonce hasn't really been like, I don't know. I guess I gauge things based on Twitter. Cause that's what I'm mm-hmm. on the most. I didn't even know Beyonce had an album out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it had, had a movie really and stuff. Anything. It was a whole like, uh, uh, what do they call it? Like, cross media thing why is that a thing now it's well the thing is it has been for a while but but like yeah it kind of actually fell off a couple years ago it's kind of like avatar and like the 3d movie Mm -hmm. craze and it's like oh okay so now everyone has to drop their album at midnight Mm -hmm. unexpected unannounced and they have to have an entire like visual album to go along with it as well i get and respect beyonce doing that now because it's not like the thing everyone's doing and so you get you get judged in your own space instead of like in the space of oh i have to do like a cross media thing because right. beyonce also was the one who dropped an album at midnight without any pomp and circumstance she was like mm-hmm. the one who famously did that and now it's like just a regular, game recognized a regular game. thing <laughs> yeah um because i feel like solange did that or like janelle monet did that with uh mm-hmm. That that Janelle Monae album from a, a couple of years yeah. ago that was pretty good. Oh yeah, it's just it's just a move you can take now, which makes sense, right? Because marketing is expensive. So True. if you have enough passive marketing, if you have enough social media followers, you don't need to spend millions of dollars on marketing. Yeah, the you album. can bypass all that shit. I think what is cool and shout out uh, again, Brittany Howard here, who is just an incredible performer. Uh, is nominated for best uh, rock performance and best R and B performance, which just in itself is pretty sick. Oh yeah, like being cross cross category for vocal performance is pretty is pretty fucking sick. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then I mean, beyond all of this, I, if I have to guess, best rap performance gotta be uh, gotta be Savage, Megan The Stallion featuring Beyonce, like talk about a song that every cut of it is a tiktok sound like (laughs) that's what music is now it's stuff that i have i have very conflicting feelings about tiktok same i think that if anyone doesn't then like if you feel all the way one way about it like there's probably more to discover and more nuance to feel like yeah it is it is a really cool outlet for creativity and creation, and it is very problematic in a lot of ways at the same time. 
Yeah, well, it's like there's like TikTok drama, and then it's like so like creators feuding with each other. But there's like so much bottom feeder, bottom tier content Mm -hmm. on there that's just like, I don't know. It's I, I I mean this is like one of those things where it's like you know every generation after a while they say they're never going to do it but then they start hating the generation Mm -hmm. that you know precedes them like oh the boomers used to be like the radicals and Mm -hmm. now the boomers hate the millennials because the millennials are like this and now it's like i'm trying to resist that but also i get on tiktok and it's just like oh okay this is like an app for personal branding and narcissism exactly but the thing about it that is kind of the most dangerous is the fact that there's an infinite amount of content on tiktok essentially um there's such an incredible amount of hours of like of of decades of content that you can scroom for two hours and it's just like yeah it's you can just doom scroll forever there's so much and it's the algorithms are so good now we're like once it knows what you if you if you interact with anything in any way or even use the app because it, it references your ip it knows so much about you just by using it that like you're going to see a completely different set of stuff than other people. So it is like the ultimate echo chamber. It is huge mm-hmm. in the echo chamber. Um, pretty much the only way you can see stuff that's spe- that is not in your echo chamber is like specifically search like songs or people. If you just do the like scroll, you'll only ever see stuff that it thinks you want to see. And that's right. dangerous. And because there's such an infinite <laughs> amount of content, um, censorship is is very is very possible and real i mean earlier this mm-hmm. year the execs at tiktok like admitted that they censored content from overweight people oh my god it was really? part of yeah it was part of a list of things where they're like yeah like yeah we did and we can it was it's yeah well that's i mean that's that's another discussion for another day but like the whole idea of uh, of like we need we need like you know apps or like Silicon Valley to like clean up their platform and we yeah, need right. we need them to ban the right people and not the <laughs> exactly. wrong people. And I was like, no, this is like censorship on a whole is yeah kind of bad and like the whole idea of like the right people versus the mm-hmm. wrong people is like kind of problematic in my mind. But yeah, everything like. Yeah, but sorry, I sent a TikTok that this is like this is the kind of TikTok that I like that I think appeals to me, and I think it's it's very anything that sort of um, reminisce is reminiscent of Vine makes mm-hmm. me laugh, and I think this is I don't know, you just watch it whenever. But <laughs> I did, uh, yeah. I mean, there, I think, but that's the thing. There's so much content there. I there is what I believe to be good content. And literally, no matter who you are and how old you are, there's probably stuff that you would consider to be good content also. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, oh, and yeah. that's the thing. That's why it's it's massive. That's why it's giant. Um, My feed is 90% cat videos now. Yeah. <laughs> so the algorithm has figured me out. A couple things for the way out. Uh, Corey Wong. Yes. Uh, Corey Wong and John oh. Baptiste uh, Meditations up for Best New Age Album. I would love to see Corey Wong take home some hardware that dude needs that dude is a workhorse yeah he's so good um uh, what's his name uh the guy who sings with wolfpack sometimes uh antoine stanley jack stratton uh 
Hmm. Uh, wait, None are you those. thinking uh, Theo Katzman? Theo Katzman uh, was in a, a Scary Pockets video the other day. Oh. Which, if you're not, I can't, I can't imagine a world where you're not familiar with Scary Pockets already. I don't know what Scary Pockets is. Wow. Well, we will come back to that on this podcast at another time, and I will come mm-hmm. back to that with you uh, as soon as we wrap up this podcast. Kanye West, yeah. uh, Jesus is King, best contemporary Christian music album. <laughs> Yo, he'll probably fucking win that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, like, just because, just for the fact that it's Kanye. Yeah, like it's Kanye West in an obscure category. He'll probably win that. Ricky Martin put out yeah. an album anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is this has been great. Uh, there's this and so much more that has come out this year. Uh, in a way. I think that this has been a great year to explore and listen to music. And I have been, uh, I still listen to a lot of podcasts, but I sure have been listening to music at a much higher proportion than podcasts this year, just because of the way that life is. Um, and I, I did the opposite, man. I did the, I did the exact opposite. Oh man, that is interesting. Uh, I think that, um, I can't decide whether Jagged Little Pill or American Utopia on Broadway will win best musical theater album. Oh God! Probably neither. There's a little Shop of Horrors uh, remit uh, version apparently, which I wouldn't be surprised to see win. <laughs> I'm hating what Mike. Oh man, I like I like this Mike is version dead. of the podcast where we just kind of bullshit and talk about whatever, yeah. and like occasionally talk about music. I dig that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should call it. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm gonna end this on "Yummy" by yeah. Justin Bieber. Just. Thanks for tuning just, in. Just, we yeah. love you all. Um, we'll be back when we're back, and I, you know, yeah. I don't think it'll be too long. No, probably not. Hopefully not. Uh, Maybe we'll do a proper retrospective yeah. in a little bit. For Nick Lancaster, I'm Andrew Pytel. For Andrew Pytel, I am Nick Lancaster. And this has been something old, something new, something borrowed, and something brewed. Man, that feels good to do that. It's been a long it's time. Been a while. Uh, we'll see you on side B. Spin it back, light a match, get lit it back. That jet set, watch the sunset, kinda. Yeah, yeah. Rolling eyes back in my head, make my toes curl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got that yummy, yum, that yummy, yum, that yummy, yummy. Yeah, you got that yummy.